0: Pray he, therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers unto his harvest. Many of you know that I love sports, right? Brothers, he loves sports. I love all sorts of sports. Um, I love baseball, I love uh, football, I love watching pretty much any team sports okay one of my favorite team sports though by far and uh, uh, you can ask my wife this is by far soccer brother Z loves absolutely soccer now some of you is like brother Z it's it's boring it's you can you can end in a tie here's the thing you need to watch good you need to watch good soccer okay and you need to watch some good soccer but here's the thing I love the team sports because one brothers used to play a lot of team sports, but number two, I love the fact that it's a group of people coming together to accomplish one goal, right? So you have, for example, baseball, right? Baseball, the team, you're trying to run around the bases and to get to home to get a point. And so that's the goal. You're trying to run around the bases, you hit the ball, run around the bases, get a point. Okay. Now, in basketball, right? You have a ball. You have one team, another team. You guys are working together to get around the other team to make the ball into the basket, and that's some points, right? Hockey, right? Hockey. There's a whole bunch of people on the ice going after each other, punching each other, checking each other, and the whole point, besides for fighting, is to go ahead and to get the puck into the net for a score for uh, for a goal. Okay. Soccer, same thing. You have a whole bunch of guys getting together, working together, passing it, dribbling it, all sorts of things. There's defense, offense, trying to get the ball into the basket or into the net for a point. Okay. So there's goals for that. And man, there's a lot, there's a lot of things that happen in sports. There's the passion. Right there's a passion, man. If you ever talk to if you ever talk to a, a, a soccer fan that especially from England, right, it is powerful. They are passionate about their soccer. You can talk to you can talk to some people about their football, and they would be passionate, right? If you ever go to a BSU game and you see a whole bunch of people with their face painted, cheering and and, and yelling, you know that they're passionate about. Their football team. Well, can I tell you that we all have a goal in life. We all have a goal in life. And in this passage, one of the things that we need to accomplish our goal is something called compassion. It's something called compassion. It's a heart of compassion. Here's the thing. Christ came to this earth with a compassion for our human need. Our human need. He came as a servant. Mark ten forty-five. It says, For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Philippians two, verse five Let this mind be in you which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as men, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Here's the our text that we just read. It shows that Jesus was going from city to city. He was preaching in the synagogues. He was preaching among the villages. He was doing all sorts of things. But here's the thing. Jesus' ministry focused is on three areas. You can kind of bring them down to three areas. One, it was areas of teaching, preaching, and healing sickness and disease. We see in this passage, Jesus had a heart. He had passion. He also had compassion for these people. He cared for them. He knew what they needed. And so today, if we're going to go ahead and we're going to be able to accomplish our goal, the goal that we were created to do, and we're going to talk about that here in a little bit, okay? If we are to work together to accomplish our goal that God has set before us, we need. To learn how we can have a heart of compassion, how we can have a heart of compassion. Okay, first off, the definition of compassion in Webster's Dictionary it says sympathetic consciousness of others' distress, and it also says with the desire to elevate, with the desire to elevate. So, first thing we're going to take a look at is we're going to take a look at the compassion of Jesus, the compassion of Jesus. In verse 36, it says, but when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them. So we see that he, there is no one who fully carried out what we are supposed to be doing than Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is our, is our, our, is what we should be looking for, looking towards and trying to do our best. And here's the thing, if you want to go ahead and you want to be an all-star football player, you're gonna look at some people that are really good at football. If you're gonna wanna be an awesome soccer player, then guess what, you're gonna look at some people that are really good with soccer and you're gonna emulate them. You're gonna to wanna to be exactly what they, be, uh, what they are. You want to go ahead, you want to maybe follow their routines that they do before the game. You want to go ahead and you want to go ahead and lift the the certain weights that they lift. And you want to do the certain skill drills that they do. Well, here's the thing. We have somebody that we can look to and that's Jesus Christ. That's Jesus Christ. He's the one, if we want to go ahead and say, hey, how do I have a heart of compassion? Well, let's take a look at to see what Jesus did, what Jesus did, and why he had a heart of compassion. Here's the thing, that on the cross, Christ carried our sin and hurts. He carried it. He had our hurt in his heart, and Our need in his mind, Isaiah 53, 4, it says, Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded. Why was he wounded? He was wounded for our transgressions. He was buried for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Even before Calvary, everywhere Jesus went, he saw people. He saw people with eyes of compassion. He felt their need. He personally gave himself to meet those needs. So we see that, the, we see the compassion of Jesus. He was engaged with people. He was engaged with people. He went ahead and he, and he, and he saw the multitudes. We see that. It says he saw the multitudes. The word saw in this verse means to perceive, notice, discern. Turn the eyes, the mind, the attention to anything. Jesus saw the people with discernment and he understood what their need was. Lamentations 351, my eyes affected my heart because, all, uh, be, uh, because of all the daughters of my city. Here's the thing, so many times as Christians, we go about our daily lives and we don't actually see people. We don't see people. You want to know what happens is we'll be walking through the stores and guess what? I'm to blame for this just as much as anybody, but we'll go through the stores. We'll pass by several people, but this is what we're doing. Or, or you try to avoid people so you go to the different, so you, can, you go around so you don't have to uh, uh, you, uh, come in contact with anybody. Here's the thing, we go through life and we interact with so many people, but yet we don't actually see them. We don't see them and we don't. And because of that, our hearts are never touched. Our hearts are never touched. Our focus a lot of times is in ourselves. Okay, what do I need at the store? I need to hurry up, go, 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 go. Or, hey, I'm at work. Hey, sorry, I can't talk right now. I'm doing a whole bunch of stuff right now. Nope, you have to take a number. You know, and, and you were going through and we have people that we talk to and we interact with. But yet, because we are so focused on something else, we don't see them. And because we don't see them, our heart never becomes affected for their needs. Our heart never becomes affected for our needs. Man, can I tell you, there is a lot of people who don't know who their neighbors are. There's a lot of people that are at their homes and they've lived there for such and such times. And I'll go over and I'll talk with them. I'll say, hey, how's your neighbor? How's it like to be a neighbor? Because here's the thing. I live in an apartment complex. I have a lot of neighbors. Okay. And we live we live in a nice, a nice apartment complex that has a lot of elderly ladies that love to walk their dogs right underneath our window. Okay. And we can hear them talking. But here's the great thing is that we get to go and we get to go talk to them. We find out what their dog's name is. We have a, a nice lady. Her dog's name is Sonic. What an awesome name for a dog, right? Sonic. I never forget. I'm like, hey, Sonic, and I'll greet them. And we talk to our neighbor. We ask her how she's doing. And I'm not saying that to pat us on the back or anything like that. But so many times, she was thinking We had to purposely go out and go talk to them. And so many times, we don't even do that. We don't talk to people at the stores. We don't talk to people when we're in line. We don't talk to the register. We don't talk to the Walmart employee who's sitting there, and there's only one line open at 5 o'clock in the afternoon and 5 o'clock in the evening, and you're just going in for, like, two things and self-checkout is closed for some reason, and you have this poor lady just going through scanning a whole bunch of items, and that's what she's been doing for almost eight hours. Hey, how are you doing today? Oh, you know, it's, we're okay. You know, it's, it's a job, right? Oh, okay. And it opens up that conversation to let them know that you care for them. Here's the thing. When Jesus saw the people, he just didn't see a crowd. He just didn't see a crowd. He didn't just see a number, right? He saw souls. He saw souls and he was fully engaged in their lives. He was engaged in their physical needs and their spiritual needs. Luke nineteen forty one, and it says, And when he was come near, he beheld the city and wept over it, saying, If thou hadst known, even thou, at least in this thy day the things which belong unto thy peace but now they had from hide hid from thine eyes Christ saw past the giant buildings Christ saw past the fancy parameters and the fancy people that were walking around Jesus saw the actual souls and the need of people he saw their empty hearts despite how nice they were dressed He saw their need for salvation. But we are often insensitive to the burdens of others. We are often insensitive for the burdens of others and the trials of those around us. And sometimes people will come up to us and and talk to us and you're just like, man, I really gotta go. I really gotta go. Here's the thing. Taco Bell now closes at 10 o'clock I gotta go get a Baja Blast before they close. And here's the thing, we start, we become more consumed with our schedule. We become more consumed about, hey, I really need to go and do this and this and this. I really don't have time to talk to you. Now, I'm not saying that there's not gonna be times where, okay, hey, yes, I really do need to go. There's a a valid reason and stuff. But what I'm saying is, most of the time, do you actually hear what the people are saying? Do you hear what the needs of others are you more concerned about your Facebook? Do you are you more concerned? Are you more concerned about your routine than people? An elderly lady visited her small town post office frequently. She had been doing business there for many years, and although a few workers had come and gone, the post office remained a place for her to interact with other people in her town. One day, the line for the counter backed up almost to the door. As the older woman stood in line, she struck up a conversation with the young lady in front of her. After some introductory uh, formalities, the younger woman asked the older lady what her business was at the post office on that day. And the lady responded, I have come to purchase some stamps. So uh, some stamps to send a few letters to my family. The younger lady looked at her and was like, did you not know that there's a stamp machine right on the inside of the lobby? You, You don't need to stand in line to to do that. You can just walk up to the stamp machine and, and do it. You don't have to stand in this massive long line. The older lady looked down at her letters and then back up at the lady and said, I could save some time, she replied, but the machine won't ask me how my arthritis is. Many people today want so badly to be noticed. Here's the thing is that there's people out there that need help. There's people out there that have a great need, and yet we just walk right by them. There's people out there who are losing hope, especially with what's going on in today's society, especially when you turn on the news and all you see is terrible and awful things and fear going all across our TVs, People are losing hope. They're getting worried and they're getting scared. But can I tell you that they need someone to come up to them and say, hey, there is hope. There is hope. We do have a Savior who loves and cares for you, who, who loves you and loved you so much to send his son Jesus to die on the cross. People all around us, people all around us are wanting, are needing some hope. Are needing some hope. When we are like Christ, moved with compassion, we will see people as Jesus saw them. So we see that Jesus, he to have a compassion of Jesus, he was engaged. Next, he was empath uh, he was empathetic. Here's the thing, Jesus, he saw the people and they fainted. In Jesus' day, the Jewish people were filled with with lose the loss of hope. They were in prison. They were getting in trouble. They were, uh, they were being slaves. It was terrible. They were being overtaxed. Now, you may say, okay, Brother Z, that doesn't, I mean, yeah, that's terrible and all, but, I mean, that's back in the Bible days. You know, people are worried about things here nowadays, too. Right. Have you seen the gas prices? Yeah. <laughs> it's It's massive. I had to go fill up my car the other day. I was like, oh, wow, we're going to be broke here. Okay, so here's the thing, is that people are having that sinking feeling of losing hope. They're having that. And perhaps you're here today, and you're saying, man, I have, there's, I have nothing to look forward to anymore anymore. I mean, uh, you know, last year with COVID and the lockdowns and now maybe something's going on with your job and things are just spiraling out of control. Maybe it has to do something with finances and you're here and you say, man, I'm just, I'm at the end of my rope. I don't know. I have nothing left. Can I tell you that there is still hope? There is still hope and that don't give up Because Jesus knows exactly what you're going through. Jesus loves you and he cares for you. And we need to turn to him. We need to turn off CNN. We need to turn off Fox News. And we need to get into the word of God and see what the word of God tells us. The word of God will give us encouragement. The word of God, we will have hope. There's people all around us. So Jesus saw that the people fainted, people fainted. and here, and the next thing that he saw was that there was people that needed that, that they were there was a sinking, fleeting hope perhaps of losing hope. In addition, seeing people fainted, Christ's compassion was stirred because he saw people who were scattered like sheep without a shepherd. Hey, in this passage right here, there, there was religious there was religious leaders. But the religious leaders weren't helping out those people. The religious leaders, you want to know what they were doing? They were more concerned about their status. They were more concerned about achieving levels of religious power. They didn't want to help people. Jesus was the opposite. Jesus was the opposite. Mark 2.16, and when the scribes and Pharisees saw him, eat with the publicans and sinners. They said unto his disciples, how is it that he eateth and drinketh with publicans and sinners? When Jesus heard it, he saith unto him, they they are whole, have no need of a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Can, Can I tell you though that just like the Jewish people during this time, there are people around us today that need that hope. There are people around there. And here's the thing, that what what happens is that we can't just stay away from those people. We need to go to those people. We need to go to those people. We we need to go and we need to welcome. Hey, if we ever have somebody that comes in on a Sunday morning that maybe looks a little different or maybe looks a little rough, guess what happened? Guess what we should be doing? We should be going ahead, inter- going up and introducing ourselves. Says, hey, do you have a seat that I would love for you to come and uh, you can come and sit down with us, or maybe it's a family. Help them say, hey, I can show you where the classrooms are. I can show you where the nursery is at. You know, do you have a seat? Can I go ahead? Can you, you want to sit with me and my family? We need, we need to have compassion on, the, on people, on people, and stop treating people like a number. So we see that Jesus saw that they needed that. They needed hope. Can I tell you that having compassion makes a difference? Having compassion makes the difference, Makes a difference. Jude 22, it says, and some have compassion making a difference. We need the compassion just like Jesus had. We need the compassion just like what Jesus had. We need to be engaged. We need to go and need to be empathetic with people. So we see the compassion of Jesus next. We're going to see the conviction of Jesus. Why? Why? G- Why would Jesus, how do we have a heart of compassion is we need to have the same conviction that Jesus had. Have you ever seen one of those commercials where it shows the pictures of like the animals? Maybe at, at like one of the uh, humane societies. And it shows, it has the slow music playing, the soft music and it shows a picture of a dog who maybe was abused and it shows a picture and it zooms in on the dog's face and it looks all sad then it shows a cat who maybe has been injured and it shows all these different animals and it's like you can make a difference in this animal's life by calling 1-800-SAVE-US and donating a hundred dollars and we will send you a card that says you've helped this poor animal. And so have it, how many of you have seen something like that, similar, something, right? Okay, we've all seen those, right? And, and we see it, and we're like, oh, look at those poor dogs, or oh, look at those poor cats, or, or oh, look at that. You know what? A lot of times that works. You want to know why that works? Because our eyes, our eyes see it, and it affects our heart. Can I tell you how many times, how many times have we've seen a missionary video, and we see a missionary video, and they've come, and, and they show their video, and it shows the people. It shows the people and how they're living, and it shows the people on how there's a, a, they need the gospel of Jesus Christ, and man, our eyes, we see it, and guess what? We get moved. We get stirred, and guess what happens is we go ahead, and we give, and we want to support these missionaries, and You want to know why that happens? Once again, our eyes affects our heart. Can I tell you, it's not just about having compassion. It's not about having compassion, a heart of compassion. You want to know what we need? We need to be moved by that too as well. It's easy to say, oh yes, those poor people, they definitely need help or, oh, yes, you know, we need to go and we need to go to the Walmarts and hand out flyers and, oh, yes, we need to go ahead and do that. But yet we go and we sit down and we do absolutely nothing for it. Can I tell you that Jesus, he was moved to take action. He just didn't see the people and, and, and wait He didn't just see the people and say, well, all right, hope somebody else will go ahead and reach them. No, he did something about it. He did something about it. Our beliefs always determine our behavior. I'm going to say that again. Our beliefs always determine our behavior. So Jesus, he was moved He had conviction. He saw that there was an abundant need. In verse 37, it says, Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest is truly plenteous, but the laborers are few. He saw that there was an abundant need. The word harvest in Scripture often, often, often speaks about a coming judgment. Often speaks about a coming judgment. Joel three eleven. It says, "Assemble yourselves and come, all ye heathen, and gather yourselves together round about to their cause. Thy mighty ones to come down, O Lord. Let the heathen be wakened and come up to the valley of Jehoshaphat, for there will I sit to judge all the heathen round about. Put ye in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Come, get you down." For the press is full and the fat's overflow, for their wickedness is great. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision, for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decisions. Can I tell you that we have a great harvest here in the Treasure Valley? We have a great harvest here in Nampa. We have a great harvest here in Caldwell. We have a great harvest here in Meridian. We have a great harvest just here next door. There are millions of people right in our community that need to know the truth. There are millions of people that are that are needing to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. But here's the thing, who's going to go and reach them? Who's going to go and reach them? Who's going to go and reach those in your neighborhood? Who's going to go and reach those at your work? Man, can I tell you, pastor is amazing and awesome. He does a lot of follow-up. He knocks a lot of doors. But can I tell you, pastor can't be the only one to go out and door knock. Pastor can't be the only one to go out and to talk to people about Jesus Christ. Once again, it takes a team. We are all on team Christ. We are all on team Jesus. And can I tell you, we all have one goal, and that is to reach others for Christ. There are three uh, phases in every crop and and, uh, we'll go ahead and talk about those. First off, the first phase is green. When a fruit is green, it's not yet ripe. It needs care and attention, but it is still developing and is not fully ready to harvest. The second one, the second stage is ripe, ready for harvest. This is the prime time to harvest. In this phase, the crop is fully matured. And then three, rotten, no longer usable. The crop is now wasted in a tragic missed opportunity. Can I tell you that uh, Brother Z went ahead and uh, I was able to go, go ahead and I, my wife trusted me with a very important task. And uh, since she's been doing these infusions, she's been down a little bit. So she made me a shopping list, not just any shopping list, like a produce shopping list. And uh, so I, did, I had to go to WinCo, and uh, she made me a list. She's like, okay, here's a watermelon. Make sure you check it. Look, you know, look it up. Uh, you had to, I had to Google, you know, how do I know that a watermelon is ripe? And so I had to go ahead and do that. I had to thump it, too, as well. And, and, to, and then she's, like, okay, then go to the strawberries. Look at the strawberries. Don't just pick one. Look at the strawberries. Look, make sure that they're all good. Make sure they're ripe. Make sure they're not rotten, right? You want to make sure. So then I went through and I did that. And then, uh, and then she's like, you know, go get the bananas. And of course, the only bananas we should be eating are the organic bananas because those are the best, right? And so I went to the organic section just for the bananas. Okay, for the bananas, I looked. And unfortunately, at the organic bananas, they weren't ready yet. They weren't ready yet. They were green. They were green. The whole entire section was green. So I went ahead and uh, I got all that. By the way, successfully, I would like to point out. Okay, so I went through and uh, got all that. But here's the thing. Those bananas, they weren't ready. They were green. brother. Now, I still got them because they're going to be ready here soon. So I went ahead and I got them. And uh, my wife, she was... Moving around in the dark, and she went and grabbed a banana, not realizing the color of the banana. Um, and so she's sitting there, she peels and she starts eating it, and uh, spews it out. And uh, she's like, "Why did you pick?" I was like, "You weren't supposed to eat it yet. It wasn't ready. It wasn't ready." Now here's the thing: the strawberries—they were ripe. They were perfect. She had a. She took a bite. Perfect, solid. Now here's the thing: there was a time before. There's a time before, and this is why we now go and pick our own produce, is we order through the Walmart app, like I've advertised to many people, many a times. And uh, we did oranges. And we got the little bags of oranges, and we're pretty excited about it. So we go home, and uh, we say, oh, man, oranges sound great. We go ahead, and we open them, and we pull it out. The first one she pulls out, she pulls it out, completely rotten. Completely rotten. The whole bag was ruined. The whole bag was ruined. And guess what? We threw it away. We threw it away. You want to know why? Because that orange was no longer usable. It was a a wasted. It was, was, we got a refund. Um, You may say, okay, Brother Z, why are you telling us about your adventures in the fruit aisle? Okay, here's the thing is that the harvest is only effective at one stage. It's only effective at one stage. Because soon, soon the harvest will be done. The harvest time will be over. The warning that we must go out and tell people, there's gonna be a time when that's gonna not be possible. John 9, 4, I must work the works of him that sent me. While it is day, the night cometh when no man can work. Can I tell you that the reason why We need to have a heart of compassion. We need to be engaged with other people is because there's going to be a time. Time is running out, and we need to go. We need to go into the harvest. We need to go, and we need to tell others before it's too late. We need to go because just like how we all have a birthday, we all have a death date. Some of our death dates are sooner than others, We don't know when our death date's going to happen. But here's the thing. We don't know when anybody's death date is. So that should give us an urgency to go ahead and to go and tell others about Christ. To tell others, to invite people to come to church. To tell, to invite for the kids, to to have them go and to invite their friends to vacation Bible school coming up. Because there's going to be a time when we're not going to be able to do that. Just like how, in sports, when the clock is ticking and it's coming down to the final seconds, guess what happens? The whole team starts rushing. They start hurrying to maybe either play more defense, they try hurrying to maybe make an extra shot, a basket, a goal, whatever it is, they start hurrying. Why are they hurrying? Because they're about to run out of time. Can I tell you that we're about to run out of time? And we need to go into the harvest, and to go and tell others about Christ. We need to go and tell others about Christ. So we see the compassion of Jesus, the conviction of Jesus, and lastly, we're going to see the commission of Jesus, the commission of Jesus. Jesus himself exercised, exercised compassion, but he also commands us to show the same compassion. So in verse 38, it says, pray. Pray. Pray ye, therefore, the Lord of the harvest. In here, pray," in this verse is translated from the Greek demone, which means "to ask or to beg." Even our prayers should be urgent. Consider this that Jesus left us with one prayer request. Throughout the whole Bible, he left us with one prayer request. And it was directly from his heart. And that was to request for more laborers. To request for more laborers. When was the last time that you prayed that God would call some of our teenagers into ministry? When was the last time that we prayed that God would call some of our kids into ministry? When was the last time that we prayed for more laborers? Now here's the thing, that, that prayer request doesn't just, that prayer request is not just on teenagers or just on kids. We can use those as a great example, but when was the last time you prayed for just an opportunity to be used? Because God, because Jesus wants us to pray for more laborers. Can I tell you, it gets me excited when pastor told us that we were going to have an intern and I was able to meet him for the first time. You want, know, you want to know what got me excited? Is that he is pumped for the ministry. Brother Ben, I'm just talking with him. He's excited. He's excited. I met him the other day here to show him how to do a midweek cleanup. And can I tell you, he was so excited. But yet, If somebody else was to come and to do a midweek clean, that excitement level wouldn't be there. He's excited to go serve the Lord. We should have that same excitement. Just because we didn't go to a Bible college, just because we didn't go to um, another, uh, another seminary or anything like that, doesn't mean that we're disqualified for serving God. God wants to use each and every one of us, and we should be praying for others. One of the things that I love about Vacation Bible School, not only the fact that we have you know kids come and they're learning and having a good time, but it's getting to see people serve together to accomplish something that God wants us to accomplish, and that's to reach people. Seeing people who maybe are not used to maybe working around kids, seeing people come and, and maybe they say, hey, brother Z, I don't know what I can do, but man, I can sure clean up after, after each night. Hey, that's great. Hey, you want to know what that is? That's service right there. That's helping. That's coming together. That's important. Hey, brother Z, I don't know what I can do, but I can, I can be a runner for you. I can go and get the different random items you need. I can help you set up for games. I can help you do that. I can't teach or I can't do silly songs or anything, but hey, Brother Z, I'm willing to come and I'm willing to serve and to help. Can you use me? Yeah, I can use you. And man, at the end of the night, at the end of the week, when we get to come together, we're tearing down and we have some pizza, we have some food and we get to celebrate what, all, what God did throughout that whole week. You want to know what? It's a team. It's a team. God is praying. God is asking us that we'd pray for more laborers for the harvest. So he commissions us to pray. He commissions us to pray. And then lastly, he commissions us to send. He commissions us to send. He gives that. He says, pray ye therefore, verse 38, pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that we, that he will send forth laborers into the harvest. We are to go. When was the last time you told somebody about Jesus Christ? When was the last time you invited somebody to church? Because can I tell you once again, we can pray for laborers. We can have that heart of compassion, but it needs to also have some action to it. It needs to have some action to it. Now, if we want to go ahead and you say, uh, Brother Z, I want to go ahead. I want to, I want to go forth. I want to go ahead and start inviting people. Well, what you need is you need to be ready. You need to be ready. You want to know what that means? That means that you need to go around, you need to have some of these in your pocket. You need to have some of these in your, you need to have some of these in your car, some of these in your purse. Because you just never know when God is going to bring somebody across that is saying, hey, I need some hope. I need some hope. That's why I love this one, by the way. It says hope. It's found in Jesus. There's another one. There's another one too, as well. The fresh perspective one. Hey, can I tell you? Everybody's had a hard year. A lot of people's had a hard year, especially with 2020. They're down. You want to know what they need? They need a fresh perspective. You know, it could be somebody maybe at drive-through. It could be somebody at Walmart, and they just need they need some hope. There was a church member who told me about this. They went to this U.S. food stores right here to go ahead and get some supplies going through the line and it's just a young young guy and they go and they ask and they said hey how you doing today and the guy's like ah it's actually been it's been a pretty rough month and you want to know what proceeded after that a conversation there is nobody in line there's nobody in line so this church member was able to go ahead and talk to him talk to him about how great God is and talk about how hey we go to a church right down the street, literally right down the street. And this guy was young. This guy was young. So guess what? We it. hey, guess what? We have a college and career class that does some great things. And you can go ahead and you can come. And uh, we have, uh, they do some great activities. I'm telling you, I'm trying to help you guys out with your Sunday school class, okay? So, but where they do some great activities and, and, and they do some wonderful things. And he thanked that church member. He thanked that church member and, uh, and was able to go ahead and give, give the track. And uh, we, haven't, we haven't seen the person come, kind of told me a little bit about it, uh, but that person hasn't come yet. But you want to know what? That church member gave some hope to that young man. That young man knows that, hey, Jesus loves them. There are people all around us but we need to open our eyes and engage with them and engage. The most famous verse in the Bible beautifully expresses the compassion of Christ. John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So this week for the rest of the week. What does the fruit of compassion look like to you? Is there something that God is telling you? Are you maybe it's faithfully praying for more laborers of the harvest. Maybe it's becoming one of those that are going out telling people. Maybe you're here and you say, Brother Z, I'm the one that is standing here saying, hey, I need some help. I've lost hope. And can I tell you, friend, that you can have hope in Jesus Christ. Jesus loved us so much that he came and died on the cross. Why did he come to do that? Because of us. We have an awful, awful problem, and that problem is a sin problem. Sin is anything we think, anything we say, or anything we do that breaks God's law. And we deserve, because of our sin, we deserve that punishment. We deserve that awful punishment. And that's separation from God. Can I tell you that if we try to do it by ourselves, try to get to heaven, it's pointless. It's works. The Bible actually describes our works like filthy rags. Jesus made it possible, said, hey, I will take your punishment for you, and I will die on the cross to pay for your sins. And he did that. Now, Jesus didn't sin one time. He didn't sin at all. He didn't sin one time. So Jesus didn't deserve that punishment, but we deserve that punishment. And he died on the cross and paid for our sins. And three days later, he rose again from the grave And then can I tell you, that is how we have hope because Jesus Christ died on the cross for us. So maybe you're here and you say, Brother Z, I've, I don't have any hope. I, I've never had hope. Or uh, Brother Z, I've never accepted Christ as my savior. Can I encourage you tonight to get that settled? Jesus, Jesus doesn't care how bad you've been He says, hey, I want you to come to me. Remember, he he sat and dined with sinners. When the the religious leaders wouldn't even acknowledge those sinners, Jesus came and he talked with them. Jesus is our hope. And if you have never asked Jesus to be your savior, can I encourage you maybe here in the um, the auditorium or online, reach out come find me, come find uh, one of our leaders, and we gladly show you from the Bible on how you can have that hope of Jesus Christ. Let's all bow our heads and close our eyes. Maybe you're here tonight, and you say, Brother Z, I, I don't have that hope. Can I encourage you to when it, the offering or when the invitation happens that you would come and you would talk to someone. Maybe you're here and you say, man, I, I need that heart of compassion. I need, to, I need to actually start seeing people for who they are and for a soul. And, and maybe I need to see someone. I need to see them and help them with their need. I need to go out and tell others. We're all on the team of Christ. We're all on team Jesus. And Lord, we need to have to be able to reach our goals together. That heart of compassion. Why don't we go ahead and stand to our feet. And the altar is open. Thank you. go ahead and look up here. Thank you guys so much for your attentiveness. Really appreciate it. Let's be in prayer for the rest of teen camp. Uh, be in prayer that the teens would go ahead and just keep their hearts open and uh, that they would just hear what God would have them to do and to any decisions that need to be made and of course for traveling safety um, as they return. Um, Looking forward to a great day on Sunday as we celebrate Father's Day and as well as we get to hear from the teenagers uh, the testimonies as well and then launching right in the Vacation Bible School time. So at this time, Brother Adam's going to go ahead and come and lead us in a closing chorus.
1: All right, we're just going to do that chorus from Lily of the Valley, number 579, Lily of the Valley. He's fairest of 10,000 to my soul. He's the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of 10,000 to my soul. You are dismissed. Have a great week.